I always said this about Gutierrez. He's got great kicks. And he has really good footwork. But once you get to his legs, that's where things get very, very interesting. Most people probably thought Song was going to run through him. He didn't. It took him some time, and it still went to a decision. I still want to see Piotr Jan versus Song Yadong. It has to happen. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. UFC Vegas 83 is in the books. I thought it was a great fight card. A lot of fun fights. A lot of great finishes. And the main event, very, very interesting. A unique ending to that one. Of course, it went five rounds. Song Yadong, or Yadong Song, something like that. Yadong Song, I think is his name, actually. Versus Chris Gutierrez. Yadong Song, yep, that was correct. It was competitive for the most part until the ground exchanges started to happen. And I was actually very, very surprised by this. Song did a good job of timing the takedowns when he was able to track down Gutierrez. I always said this about Gutierrez. He's got great kicks. And he has really good footwork. But once you get to his legs, that's where things get very, very interesting. He hasn't fought a lot of guys who've been able to take him down. So it makes one wonder when he does fight a wrestler who is very tenacious at trying to get that takedown, what will it look like? Yadong was able to implement a grappling-heavy game. Um, he was trying to track him down with the strikes early on. Had a tough time doing that because Chris, he does a good job of just using his feet, moving his feet. If you move your feet, you're harder to take down. You move your feet, you're harder to hit. That's just as bottom line as it gets, right? Um, with that said, I thought you could see some frustrations coming from Yadong. And I think that's what caused him to change gears because when he did get close enough to strike where Gutierrez was trying to find his was starting to find his back against the cage, he didn't really have too much success. I mean, he landed a couple shots, but he didn't have too much success that he normally does where he could track guys down, get their backs to the cage and unload his heavy boxing combinations. Uh, Chris, like I said, I thought he fought a good fight, relatively relative to the short notice, right? He did step in for this where Piotr Jan was supposed to be the guy fighting. For whatever reason, Piotr Jan just doesn't fight around this time of the year. I mean, my fight he pulled out for the December 10th card, and now for this one he pulled out for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm not trying to point any fingers or anything. I just want to know. Petey, where you at? We all like Christmas, baby. Come on, dog. Sometimes you got to do and give a little giving. I give a little up sometimes, you know? Give it up for the fans. Give it up for the family so that you can enjoy the family time. I thought this would have been a great fight. It's, it's fascinating because, yeah, December 9th is, is this card he was supposed to fight on, and December 10th is what he pulled out with me back in 2020. Um, so very, very interesting. Um, but other than that, like I said, I thought Chris did a good job of where he could, short notice opportunity, main event, five rounds. Um, some brain fart moments and you know i'm not unfamiliar with that i've had my moments where it's kind of like why did i do that um but for the most part i tend to come out with the win and obviously my last one wasn't very good in terms of it was a very like d to d moment where i'm literally seeing something that i thought was there and i just completely misread the whole situation and lunged in um thinking that i had him in my grasp just trying to rush the fight and I got cracked I paid for it now Chris did the same thing round five you gotta go for a Hail Mary you're down four rounds 
maybe you could have possibly won round one if the judge was partially blind. But to me, you're down four rounds. Round five, I'm thinking he's coming out with the, the knees at the middle, the front kicks. I mean, he did a beautiful job. I thought Gutierrez did a beautiful job of laying the teeps, the crescent kicks to the body, attacking the body of Song. I thought Song was getting frustrated with that where he started realizing, okay, I can't get to him with my hands. I'm going to get to him with my legs. He was landing more kicks than Chris Gutierrez, which was shocking in rounds one and two. But then you think that Gutierrez would start to pick up his output. And I just thought that was what was killing him, was the output going into this fight, as the fight progressed, I should say. And then in round five, you need a Hail Mary moment. You're down six points. You're down six points. You get, a, you get into field goal range, you know it's no good. You got to score. You got the two-minute drill. What are your go-to attacks to put on some type of blitz and go scorch-earth policy so that you can get this man out of there knowing that you are down for donut. And I don't know if this is something he practices or it's just something he just had spur of the moment, but he did like a rolling Imanari Barambolo roll, which was just completely off the mark. And you guys know when I do this podcast, I try to be as respectful as I can. I seen Chris at the PI. We had conversation here and there a little bit. Him, uh, Jonathan Martinez, um, my guy Yusuf Zalal. I like those guys. I have no ill will against anybody. In my weight class, not in my weight class, above my weight class. It doesn't matter. Like I can be cordial with you, and it's just like, all right, it is what it is. We're not trained together or anything like that. You know, we're I'm being a decent human being in a civilized setting, right? But it just, it's just baffling how you could be in that position and that is your go-to attack, your end-all, be-all. I'm going to give it everything I got. Here I come, rolling thunder, completely off the mark, and lay on your back for the rest of the round. I even screamed during the fight, open your guard. Because there were moments where he had some brilliance, where he had the overhook. Song's glove was stuck on the canvas because of the friction. When you get that overhook and they have the hand behind your back and you lay on it, now your body weight, your body weight, their hand and glove, and then the ground, the canvas, keeps everything locked in place. You get the overhook. Now you should be looking for that far side wrist control, and he had it. He was trying to go for the triangle, the triangle choke, the attempt, but a lack of mobility in the hips, in my opinion. I felt like if he opened up the hips a little bit more and got more on his side, he could have flicked that knee around. And he has great dexterity in his legs. He would have been able to flick that leg around and at least threaten with the choke and at least get to a position where even if Song passed it and he pulled out of it and he postures, now you have an opportunity to backward roll and at least get back up to your feet. These are the, the sequences I think about and the sequences I go through in training, which is why I do some of the things I do in my fights because I just feel like I've had success with this. And if I have multiple success with it in the room, multiple times it works, then obviously there's a good chance that it will probably work in the fight. With that said, Song fought great. He did what he had to do. He got the W. Piotr Jan talking his, his trash online, which was just a yawning emoji. I don't think the fight was that bad. I mean, it wasn't the most exciting barn burner, of course. But I thought it was still a relatively good fight, competitive, high-level chess match. You can't make mistakes, especially at the bantamweight division, because guys are so fast. They hit hard. 
and one shot changes the entire fight. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to use somebody else other than myself. It, it, it's literally you. The, the fights are neck and neck until one guy makes a really, really bad mistake and it completely changes the trajectory of the fight. Um, not saying that one moment, that blonde moment in the fifth round was going to be that change because you're already down 4-0. You need something. I'm just saying that that something could have been a little bit more calculated, like at least throw a haymaker punch, um, kind of like Korean Zombie when he chased after Max Holloway, and of course he got clapped coming in, but at least you could kind of feel like a surgeon's coming on where Max is like, whoa, whoa, I got to keep my hands up and defend. This guy's coming with some craziness right now. So now he's blocking, defending, waiting for his opening, and then gets his timing on the Korean Zombie, puts him down. This wasn't one of those moments. This was like I had space. I looked at you, and I said, I'm going to do a rolling thunder, forward flip, roll, Baron Bola, Imanari roll, shit. Just weird, weird, weird ending um, to kind of go out like that. And then to just accept the guard. I'm not saying, it's one thing to say, well, at least I didn't get finished. There's something to be said about that. But I, I don't know. I, I always felt like in wrestling matches, I would rather get, I, I hate getting pinned, right? But I would rather get pinned knowing that I gave it everything I needed to give it in order to get my hand raised and pull off the upset or crazy thriller comeback from behind victory. That's what we think. We drill big moves for situations like that, where the times are tough. It looks like things are going the complete opposite way. But you come back, you got the crowd on your feet. Ah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Like today, I just watched Fight Pass Invitational 5. Big Dan with um, Victor, and I'm watching his match. Big Dan is pretty much having the momentum the entire fight. And then somehow, some way, Victor gets a sweep transitions you can feel the crowd's energy going with the momentum as this man is coming back he ends up in mount and puts on an americana over big dan who i think is one of the best bjj practitioners at the absolute division out there he's a big burly strong man like he's good so situations like that is what i i'm kind of referring to i'm not again not trying to kick a man while he's down i'm just saying he took a shot, took an opportunity. I just wish that last round, he kind of had an, an idea in his head of what is my shotgun move, my Hail Mary move. We got two-minute drill. What are we trying to do to try to close the show and come back in a big way or at least put some respect on your name walking out of there? And that just was not it, unfortunately. Um, congrats to Song Yudong. Great fight. Good, solid win. Um, and again, this just shows how competitive that top 15 division is, man. Because most people probably thought Song was going to run through him. He didn't. It took him some time, and it still went to a decision. Very close fight outside of the rounds that were like dominant rounds four and five. Um, rounds one, two, and three were a little bit closer. Uh, really more so one. Like, you knew who was winning in all those rounds. But they were still close, at least in rounds one and two, for the most part. Um, but other than that, I thought it was a pretty solid fight um, and showcase for the bandweight division. I still want to see Piotr Jan versus Song Yadong. It has to happen. I think that is the fight to make, in my personal opinion. Um, 
Next up, recapping, Anthony Smith steps in on short notice against Khalil Roundtree in a super fun fight. Good action pretty much throughout the entire thing. I love fights like that. Anthony Smith, the Lionheart, comes through. Nothing to lose, really. I mean, just his ranking. But for the most part, nothing really to lose. He's closer towards the end of his career, in my opinion. And I, I'm not saying that he should hang it up. I'm just saying he's closer towards the end of his career at 35. There's not much more. There's not a ton of upside from being in that position, right? I, I think most people would agree with me. They're not saying he can't have a career resurgence. Look at a la Jorge Masvidal. Um, it happens all the time. Glover Teixeira. Not, let me not say all the time, but it happens. We've been seeing it a lot more lately. But I think where he is now, he's closer to the exit than he is to being in the middle of the hallway and trying to get back in the mix. So he's going to need to obviously bounce back with a couple of big wins, um, maybe fight someone who's unranked, depending on what he's trying to do, if he wants to continue to, to do this. He's a great commentator, great voice for the sport, and um, he's had a ton of fights. I think the guy's had over 50 fights already, man. So Andy Smith is a dog. He's an OG. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Khalil Roundtree, enters the conversation in a big way. Now, I saw something on Twitter trying to bash him, saying, like, if this man becomes champion, then all is lost in MMA or something like that. That is such a silly thing to say. We've seen so many career resurgences. I don't see why people have to write people off as if, oh, he's done this, no way in hell. Yeah, actually, there is. Just because you said that, now I'm going to have to go harder in the paint to prove to you and to myself that I can still do this. That's the mentality these guys need to have when you step in there and you come up short. When you're back in the room and you're sitting with your thoughts, you need to have that type of bulletproof mindset where you're telling yourself, talking to yourself, reassuring yourself that you can be the best in the world still. But you have to believe it. You have to do the work to believe it. You have to have the skills to believe it. All these things need to come together. And on that fight night, they need to come together for you to get your hand raised. And that's what I love about the sport, because you just never know, man. I, I, I always kind of scoff when people write someone else off, and I'm just like, you just don't know, man. You're trying to write this man's story for him or this girl's story for them without them actually having a say. Well, at the end of the day, they get the final say. You're not the verdict in their story, in their chapter. They get to, At the end of the day, they get to finish off their book how they want to finish off that book. So with that said, um, Khalil Roundtree, I think crazy resurgence for him. Huge, biggest win of his career. Coming back from being this chubby kid that he always talks about, out of shape and everything, finding mixed martial arts. And now look at this guy. Fought at 185 before. I don't even know how he ever did that. Finding a mark in a home at 205. His last loss was to a decision to Marcin Parcinio. That was in 2021 in January. From there, he beat uh, Bukakas. Bukaki. He beat Carl Robertson, Dustin Jacoby. That's one, two, three. Uh, Chris Dawkins. And then now Anthony Smith. One, two, three, four, five fight win streak. Entered the top 10. He lost to Eon Kutalaba, Johnny Walker. You know, those were bad losses. He lost to Tyson Pedro, rear naked choke in round one. I do think he still needs to clean, continue to work on his anti-defense for, or should I say anti-takedown. He needs uh, to make sure he tightens that up because when he 
continues to climb, there are going to be guys when they get hit by him. Dude, when he when he was landing those kicks, I was like, oh, he landed one to the body on Anthony Smith. I, I think I took a knee because it hurt so bad, at least looking at it. Anthony Smith was able to still keep going and pushing forward, but I was shocked. I was like, dude, that is a heavy leg. And I light sparred with Khalil while he was just toying with me. And I'm like, yo, bro, if this man wanted to end me, I would have no say in hopefully biting his ankle, trying to rip his Achilles heel, and hopefully he falls down and I could somehow survive and get out of there and choke him out. That's like the only way. Other than that, he hits me one time, my whole head is going to explode. My ribs, my entire organs are getting re rearranged. Pause. That just sound, that sounded a little weird. But just saying, the guy hits hard, man. Huge hands. Big boy. Chiseled like a statue. Um, I'm excited to see what's next for him. Now, people were asking, should Khalil, should Khalil Roundtree get a title shot? I'm saying... Right now, I don't see how Khalil is going to get a, a title shot just this instant. I think he needs to have at least one more. There's still like a mess at the top of that division. Since John Jones and DC have left, things have been a little bit chaotic trying to get to get that division to stabilize. I mean, first it was Jerry, then the injury he pulled out. Well, it was Glover, then Jerry. Jerry pulls out. Enter... Ankalaev and Blahovich, that was a weird fight. And now you got that and Johnny Walker, that was a weird fight with Ankalaev and Johnny Walker. Now they have to do a rematch. And then you have Jamal, Sweet Dreams Hill, beating Glover, becoming a champ, then blowing out his, his Achilles. He's out in the sidelines. Enter Alex Pajeda versus Jerry and his return, this whole division is just chaotic right now. There is no stability right now. There are multiple former champs all in that. There is Jerry. Glover just retired, so he we can't count him. You have Jerry, Alex Pajeda, and now you have uh, uh, Jamal Hill. I feel like I'm missing one for some reason. Maybe I'm not. But that's a top three right there. That is a killer's row of talent alone. And you have Pajeda, who just came to this division. And now you have Khalil Roundtree chopping at the bit, climbing that mountain. I think one more big win for Khalil Roundtree, I think he enters that title shot conversation in the sense of, I think he gets a title eliminator fight in his next one. I don't see how not. I think he had a great story, pretty much born and raised in Nevada. He said he was here since five. I think Vegas would love to see that. I think... Nevada would love to see that. A hometown guy, kind of like that kid at 35, um, the little Matrix kid, kind of. Um, him from Reno, they have having a, a kid in Nevada that they're pushing. Now you got another kid, another man from Nevada that they can push, and I think it's a great storyline. And we all know it's not what you earn all the time or what you deserve. Sometimes it's just being in the right place at the right time. And I believe Khalil Roundtree is in the right place at the right time. Give him one more big fight. I think that next fight has to be a title shot eliminator, kind of like a round robin. And I think he's the next, I think he's one of the next guys if he could pull it off. <clears throat> Who's that going to be? I think Khalil, I think uh, Alex Pajeda is going to fight Jamal Hill on his return. But then you have Blahovich, who is calling for the rematch with Pajeda. 
And then you have Ankalaev who needs to settle things with Johnny Walker. So it's a very stacked time for them. And I'm liking this, man. It's nice to see some young, fresh blood in the light heavyweight division. Because before it was a bunch of older guys. No disrespect, but it was a lot of older guys. They were all legends, yes. But a lot of older guys. Now when we have some youth, we got some longevity with this. I'm not saying these are the youngest batch of guys, competitors. But we got some youth. And that's good. Could only be good things from here. Um, Song Yudong versus Piotr Jan early predictions. I do think that's going to be an interesting fight, man. Uh, both guys are really good at boxing. Both guys like to sit on their punches. The thing that I like about Piotr Jan, though, is that he is willing to kick a lot more. And he's willing to sit in the pocket with that high guard, that high shell. Now, will that work against someone like Song Yudong? who's sitting and waiting for a moment. The thing I like about Giannis, he slips, and he'll wait for one little tell that you do, and then he's picking a spot, picking his home for his shots. They both got relatively the same reach, about 67, um, 66 inches, I think. So I think that's what makes it also compelling because both the guys don't have the longest reach, 67 for Song Yudong. And then... Oh, so Petey on fight was never actually on the books for Song Yudong because Topology doesn't have it as a fight that was scratched. Hmm, that's interesting. But then if you see Petey on, his reach is 67 also. I saw a tweet that was saying both of these guys are Chinese. They've got to come together and not fight. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I know... Yan gets pretty pissed when people call him Chinese, but his side of the world is close to Asia. And if you go back in history, I'm, I'm, I'm not a history teacher. I'm just saying, if you go back in history, you can see the people from Kazakhstan, Mongolia. There's a lot of mingling and cross-population where Peter Yan, although he's Russian, has some type of Chinese descent in him. Like For, for you to deny that is just kind of... I think it's just ignorant as fuck, but whatever. Um, I don't make the rules. Um, with that said, I think it would be a great fight. Two high-level boxers. I think Jan, I don't know who's the better wrestler. I think if they have to break even and Jan has to revert to his grappling like he did against uh, Sean O'Malley, I think that makes things interesting. But we also see Song Yudong working on his... That sprawl he hit when Gutierrez took a half a shot and his hips hit the ground so fast and so hard... I was just like, wow, <laughs> that man is not playing. You are not touching his legs. He ain't playing that. And the fact that he was able to implement his takedown on Chris Gutierrez and maintain control, avoid submission threats, says a lot as well. I think that fight is going to end up taking place on the feet. And I think whoever lands the big punch first, I don't know who's the cleaner striker. Um, who's more accurate between the two? It's hard for me to say. I think y y Sung tends to just throw bigger power. And he's willing to just throw more caution to the wind where I think Jan is trying to be as precise as he can, as efficient as he can, and only throws typically when he knows he can hit something. I think that's the difference. So I'm not sure who I'm picking on that one. But I do think Song is the bigger, more imposing guy than Piotr And I think that could be the difference in this fight. So only time's going to tell. Hopefully they do make this fight for March. Give both these guys some time to train get the right training partners and get back after it and i think we're gonna be in for a big surprise and how good that fight's gonna be
I think that's pretty much it. Oh, actually, there was some fun fights I actually want to talk about, too. Kind of just show some love. Tim Elliott coming through in a big way. Nasrath getting a huge win over Jamie Malarkey. Elliott looking as good as ever, getting back into the win column and getting a finish the same way he got finished in his last fight over a tough competitor in Mikhaev. And to come back and do that to him, that's cold. To do that to this guy, Sumer Jardi, who I think is pretty solid, man. Uh, matchups makes fights. Matchups truly do make fights. This guy, Kevin Jusset, Jussier, whatever, over Keenan Song, I thought that was a great fight. I think he's going to be a must-watch for 170. I thought he did some really good stuff. That jab was just clean. The timing, the double jab, triple jab, just finding a home and just darting up the face, spotting it up, bop, 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 bop. Good footwork, getting out, good defense. It was just a fun fight. These guys sat in the pocket, trading punches pretty much the entire time. Really fun. Steve Garcia did not see this coming. I thought Costa was the next big thing. And I'm not saying he's still not. But for him to lose to Steve Garcia, I was really surprised by that. I think they were actually supposed to fight like the week before. And I heard one of them was sick. So they pushed the fight. Yeah, they were supposed to fight on the second. They ended up pushing it to a week later. So I don't know why that actually happened. One of these guys was sick, allegedly. I don't know which one, but that's just the way the game goes. And uh, fortunately for Steve Garcia, he, was, he came out on the right side of the fight. That was a nasty finish. The ref let it go. Um, I actually liked it. I thought the ref did a good job letting him fight. I did think after he got hit with the first elbow, even because he was standing right there. If he was like on the other side and he had to run over, that's different. The guy is hurt. You should be hovering. And waiting for that moment. You see Costa trying to claw through and stay in the fight. He does a good job surviving, to su survives the rear naked choke. Now Garcia's on top. He goes and ex abandons the choke. He goes to mount. Three gigantic elbows, which look like they all hit the temple. Boom, boom, boom. I'm just like, ref, the first one. Okay, ref, the second one. Ref, you waited for three. That is crazy. Why'd you back up? You should have stayed right there. The fight was almost over. Yeah, he survived the choke, but you see that he's hurt. You should be hovering around until you feel like, okay, maybe he's recovered. But he wasn't recovered. I think that was the only thing. He took the three huge elbows, but I thought he did a good job of not stopping it earlier and let him continue to fight through. And I think most fighters would like to have that chance to fight through with the safety in mind, knowing that, hey, I'm going to still try to fight through as much as I can, but if things go south, ref, I need you to be right there to save my ass. That's all I'm saying. I think it's pretty good. Um, but at least Costa can say, you know, he gave him every chance, and there was no ifs, ands, or buts that he could have came back, and, you know, unfortunately, it didn't go his way. Now, this guy, Tatsuro Tara, I am so high on this guy, man. He is really freaking good. Although he was not supposed to fight Carlos Hernandez, um, shout out to Hernandez for stepping up. He was supposed to fight David Georgerak. He pulled out for whatever reason. Um, that was supposed to happen in October. Now ends up fighting in December against Carlos Hernandez. Comes back in a huge way and gets a crazy win. He's now one, two, three, four, five wins in a row. I thought it was four. He's five wins in a row in the UFC. Um, he got signed off of VTJ 2021, 20, that event, whatever. 
And then he makes his debut. Why is this thing jumping around? He makes his debut against Carlos Candelario. Then comes back, submits CJ Vergara, submits Jesus Aguilar, beats Chavez, and then gets a finish, a knockout finish over a TKO finish over Carlos Hernandez. That's huge, man. 5-0, and called out <laughs> Mikhaev. I like the fight. I just think to kill off a, a contender where the flyweights need some new blood, I don't know if they should be crossing paths right now. I think both guys should fight someone else first. In terms of matchmaking, you, you got to look at who's the prospects, who you think could be the next big thing. He is one of them. Do you put him against another top prospect right now? I don't know. I mean, unless you had a sea full of top prospects, then you kind of have to. But right now, I think they have enough bodies where they could keep them apart for a little bit longer. But I like where his head's at. He's putting his name on the radar, putting his name in the mouth of Mikhaev. Mikhaev calling him out, saying, I am not afraid to give you a shot. I'm not afraid to go backwards and fight guys ranked below me. That's Mikhaev stamping his ground and saying, Bring it, bitches. I'm here. I'm here. I ain't no bitch. I like that. I like that energy. It's nice to see stuff like that. Um, I don't think that fight's going to happen, though. But I think sooner than later, we're definitely going to get an opportunity to see it. Um, and with that said, guys, don't forget to hit that like button. Thank you guys for always tuning in. I'll see you guys soon. I got some big news coming up soon for you guys. And hopefully I can break it. Thank you guys for always tuning in. I'll see you guys next time. Stay safe. Peace.